Salam everyone. Welcome to the Umentor Talk Show. I'm your host, Imran Daramsi. Thank you for joining us today. Before we start, we just have a few important messages to go over from Umoja. Um, the first thing is um, we encourage you to try out Umentor Inspire, our new question and answer platform for career advice in our Shia community. So with Inspire, as a rising professional, you can ask for great advice from established professionals in our community. And as a mentor, you can give advice to our community's future professionals. Um, so if you want to try this out, download the Umoja app on Android or iOS, sign up for an account, and uh, you can see all the questions in the Inspire tab of the app. Today's sponsor is Figs and Olives Publications. Their new book is coming out, but why is the hijab so special? And it's available on Amazon in the US and Canada. Today, we're joined by Nihal Nakvi. He's a senior at Athelton High School. He's involved in student government, and he also enjoys participating in Howard County, Maryland discourse and policies. He has political ambitions, and he's worked with the Calvin Ball campaign. Um, and we're very excited to have him on today to tell us how high schoolers can give back to their local community. So let me bring him in here. How are you? Uh, good. Um, it's a pleasure to be on the show and thank you for having me. Thank you for being with us. Um, so first, if you can just tell us about your school, maybe your favorite subject at your school. Sure. So um, I go to Athelton High School. It's in Columbia, Maryland. Uh, it's in uh, more of a suburb area in Columbia. Um, some of my favorite classes have definitely been um, calculus, uh, A, B, and B, C as well as uh, the political field, so uh, U.S. and comparative governments, and I've also enjoyed law and the citizen. Cool. Okay. Um, so you are treasurer, I think, of the class of 2021. Um, so can you talk about that, like running for the election and what you do? Sure. So um, I'm not currently the treasurer, but I'll go through uh, the trajectory of what I have been working on. So um, in ninth grade, I um, ran for a position on the class board and I didn't get elected, but I still was trying to get involved. So I worked hard behind the scenes and in 10th grade, I got elected to be the treasurer. Mm -hmm. So my role as treasurer was definitely collecting charitable donations and setting up fundraisers to help local businesses and really create community partnerships. So when I was done with treasurer, I decided I should move on from my class board to the executive board of the Athelton High School. Uh, oh, so I- Sorry, um, what's the difference between class board and executive board? Sure, so um, the class board runs more uh, grade-oriented activities. For example, the freshman class board has introductory activities for uh, the students who are just entering high school. But uh, the executive board runs school-wide initiatives, so like school assemblies, and uh, fundraisers, school-wide fundraisers. So um, I really wanted to expand my scope. So in 11th grade, I um, decided to become a part of the executive board as a vice president. And I really got to learn about uh, school the school-wide scope of running a student government. And I think that 11th grade year was really a learning phase for me because it allowed me to use those skills and take them into 12th grade where now I have built a um, online oriented uh, community page 
on mm -hmm. our learning platform called Canvas. And the Canvas page, uh, the Athleton High School student community allows for all of our extracurriculars to shift from a in-person format to a digital format. So I think that's really important in this time. I see, okay, so um, you're trying to make, um, I guess, student government and politics at your school more accessible. Um, I What drives your interest in politics, especially like right now, a lot of people are cynical about the state of politics in the country as a whole. Um, so why, why do you, why does it um, speak to you? I think that politics speaks to me because um, I see all of the partisan division and the polarization. And I think if you have a pragmatic approach and you really try to create uh, agreements among uh, different uh, sectors of the community, I believe that politics has that is that unique field where you can really bring the community together. And you don't have to agree on everything, but if you really create those partnerships and uh, decisions that help everyone, I believe that you can use a realistic approach in politics to benefit the whole community. Interesting. Um, all right, and what are, before we go back to your high school, which I do want to go back to, what are your future plans with politics? I would love to uh, get an undergraduate degree in politics and possibly um, a Bachelor of Science in Mathematics. I really like the data approach to political science, looking at the numbers. I think that could also help in policy decision and um, working possibly for legislators and lawmakers. Um, I. I don't have a concrete plan of what I will do with political science. I'm thinking about possibly working in a bureaucratic position um, with the federal government, um, or I possibly would be interested in going into law school after my undergraduate uh, degree. Um, so it's really up in the air right now, and I'm just trying to uh, not decide initially, but really take it step by step and see where my interests take me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, sure. Um, so if you want to go more into your experience with the Howard County Association of Student Councils, I know you said um, you were elected chief of staff for that this year, and you created the Canvas page to try to have one-to-one -one enrollment. Um, so just tell us maybe more about what that means and why you think it's important to your school. So... I joined the Howard County Association of Student Councils in um, ninth grade because I was looking to make a bigger impact than just my school. And in ninth grade, I was just a general member trying to um, really see what the Howard County Association of Student Councils, what their mission is and how they run. I was trying to familiarize myself with the organization. And in 10th grade, I decided to join the public relations committee because I'm really interested in not just communication, but transparency uh, from student leaders to uh, the students themselves because they're the primary stakeholder in every decision. Um, so in 10th grade, I really worked uh, in the public relations committee to um, create um, flyers and visuals, but I thought that that wasn't enough because mm -hmm. someone could easily just, you know, uh, look at a flyer and then just walk away, you know? So I wanted to create a more uh, transparent and equitable uh, 
solution to our communications because um, it takes a certain amount of privilege to be able to uh, drive to a central location uh, in the county and take some time in a late night every month to attend meetings. So with that, in 11th grade, I um, became the chair of the Public Relations Committee for the Howard County Association of Student Councils. And mm -hmm. in this role, I sought to create a canvas page of the Howard County student community where student leaders are able to um, directly communicate with the student body, whether it's a officer team of the uh, county student government or it's a student member of the Board of Education. And the Board of Education is really important right now with figuring out um, whether uh, online school should continue, continue in the second semester and the role of uh, school resource officers. So um, allowing those uh, student leaders to be able to directly um, communicate with students in an equitable platform uh, was really important to me. And uh, that's why in 11th grade, I decided to create the Howard County Student Community. So, um, and this year, um, I've joined the officer team as the chief of staff for the Howard County Association of Student Councils. I really thought it fit me because I try to be as impartial as possible. I try to evaluate uh, people's strengths and weaknesses and past experiences um, without really giving preference to someone just because I have had past relationships with them. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. So um, I feel like right now it was a really good time to start the Canvas page, especially because students who are doing distance learning, um, and I don't know if your school is like doing some hybrid, some distance learning, but they might feel like they are not really part of the school community anymore. And they don't really have a voice in what goes on um, at their school. Um, and so what would you say to those students maybe not only in your school, but maybe also students who are in high schools across, you know, North America, who might be doing a hybrid model. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely think that the school system and school staff and administrators are understand the struggle that students have, whether that's um, the feeling of uh, isolation and not being part of a community by taking part in those, you know, extracurricular activities that would uh, foster that sense of community in a normal school setting. I think that uh, school systems are trying to uh, create uh, digital means so that you still feel you're part of the community. For example, um, to end the year last year, the Howard County Association of Student Councils held a mental health forum where a lot of students came and really uh, tried to convey their concerns and questions to uh, mental health staff for uh, in Howard County. And we really had a great dialogue and helped students understand how they can uh, take care of their mental health during this time, because this time is a very unique challenge. Um, mm -hmm. I also saw that urge, you know, for community and uh, really being part of that uh, group oriented mindset. Uh, in our first Howard County Association of Student Councils meeting, we have, a, we had over 200 students come online. And, oh, wow. I, and I think and I think that shows that people really want to be uh, part of something special um, and really feel that they are um, contributing towards the greater good. Um, and I think that shows that 
uh, the school system is definitely trying their best to help students uh, stay involved during this time. Yeah, that's great. Um, and you're a big part of that. So great job. <laughs> Thank you so um, much, Imran. So pivoting a little bit, um, I mm -hmm. noticed that you're very supportive of dialogue um, as opposed to you know, maybe confrontation, or in this case, maybe punishment or incarceration. Um, so as a Howard County teen court juror, um, and if you can explain to us like what that is, but as a teen court juror, what did you learn um, about rehabilitation of teenage offenders? Definitely. So in my 10th grade year, I decided to join the Howard County teen court. And in a regular court, you have your fellow adults uh, really deliberate on what your consequence should be uh, after you deliver a testimony and go through legal proceedings. And uh, with the Howard County Teen Court, we looked at um, uh, teen offenders who uh, committed a crime. And instead of trying to put them in a juvenile or giving them a really harsh punishment, uh, that would uh, hurt them from reintegrating into society. Right. We tried to find constructive solutions that would help them learn the gravity of their mistakes and help them uh, once again uh, re-enter society as a um, productive member of society. Hmm, interesting. And then, um, so was it just teenagers? They were on the only jurors like in the court were teenagers? Yes, so uh, we had the Howard County Police Department were supervising, but all of the jurors were just teenagers and we settled mm -hmm. the cases for the other students. Um, there, there are a really diverse amount of um, issues that come along uh, mm -hmm. with teens, such as um, drug abuse or misuse of you know tobacco, um, shoplifting. Um, there are some altercations that uh, we tried to put teenagers in um, um, a remediation program where they okay. can uh, really talk with either a counselor and have in that group setting where people can come to that resolution. So we tried to implement constructive solutions. Um, with the drug abuse and misuse, we uh, tried to uh, let the teenagers become involved with shock therapy programs where they could um, visualize how drugs really impact you. And relating to the shoplifting I mentioned earlier, we put the students in shoplifting education courses where they learn that if you just take one item from a store, that really impacts the prices of all the other items. And what was really interesting is that some of those same students that we heard testimony from in the court, they decided that they would also become part of a jury in another uh, um, in another session. So I think that really shows that um, we see them as just someone who made a mistake, and we do not want that mistake to really define them for the rest of their life. So that's why we try to implement those constructive solutions. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so I guess if we pivot a little bit to a part, like part of another body that you've been. Um, participating in um, the Howard County Public School System Policy Review. Um, and in that body, you've also been a teenage voice, but you've been among like school administrators. Um, so mm -hmm. can you 
like tell us what that is first and then touch on the contrast between being a juror in the teen court among you know teens only and being part of the policy review with teens and also professionals and school administrators definitely so um in the howard county teen court it's really a teen it's really a teenage environment where people understand where teenagers understand that another teenager could make the same mistake and uh, they realize that uh, the social factors that go along with that. In Howard County Policy Review, which every year, uh, every few years, a policy can uh, come up for review where it needs to be revised and updated, um, there, there is a majority of just adults in the room. And as the only student in the room, they don't know how those policies uh, would immediately impact those students and they don't see the uh, real life implications of those, those decisions. So um, when I was reviewing the um, policy 10,000, which is parent and community involvement, I try to really bring that student perspective and um, help adults recognize um, the gravity of their decisions and how they really show in the classroom. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Um, and so like, did, was your voice respected um, among school administrators or did they kind of just um, like tap you to say that they got teenage a teenage voice and then kind of ignore what you said? I feel like they did respect it um, because a lot of the time when I wanted to speak, they really said, let's hear from the student member. What does he have to say? And I, okay. I think they really try to use that um, student perspective, not just as a blanket uh, statement that mm -hmm. we have the student support, but they really try to understand what their actions would mean in a school setting. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Um, so I all in the Inspire platform. Um, so for everyone else, um, if you're ever wondering, or if you ever see one of our videos for an upcoming speaker, and you wonder how you can ask them a question, you can always go onto the Inspire platform, write their name, question title, and um, write a question for them. So the question is, what types of activities can high schoolers do to see if politics is the right career choice? And this is a viewer question from the Inspire platform. So Nihal, <laughs> take it away. Sure, um, I definitely think joining, um, I think there are a lot of political associations within the schools themselves. Um, for example, I'm part of the Young Democrats of America. I'm the president of my school chapter. And um, I believe that through uh, Young Democrats, I'm really able to foster that dialogue and really see where I stand on issues um, related to not just my own views, but my classmates as well. Um, We've had some really intense discussions on immigration, on healthcare, uh, gun reform and climate change, and all of those issues really, um, and those discussions really help you um, learn more about uh, different perspectives and definitely uh, the political scene. Hmm, okay, um, and so, oh, let, me, let me get my video back here. So when you, um, like eventually, we know you have political ambitions. Um, when you maybe complete your bachelor's program or get a job or something in, in politics, how do you think that um, your Shia upbringing will 
impact maybe where you choose to work, what policy positions you might take, um, how you might conduct yourself um, in the world of politics, all those things. This, by the way, is another viewer question um, from the Inspire platform. Mm -hmm. So I think that the number one really responsibility and ability of a politician is to have that platform and that uh, outreach to their constituents. And I think mm -hmm. as a Shia Muslim, I can really um, create that um, example that and um, create that example and that social ambience that a Muslim can coexist in society with others. Um, so I think just creating a good example, first of all, is very uh, monumental and important. I also think that since I'm, you know, born in the United States and I have, um, uh, I live close to DC, I think that's uh, somewhat of a privilege that I have. Yeah. And uh, I have a unique opportunity of helping those that are uh, afflicted with uh, foreign policy decisions that really uh, impact them and mm. in a negative way. Uh, I really think of whether sectarian violence, um, tariffs, uh, right. you know, mm -hmm. economic, uh, economic, whether it's a trade wars or um, sanctions. We just saw that this week with Iran. Uh, yeah. mm -hmm. So I think that if I can do my part, uh, I can really create a positive change in uh, not just my community, but in global affairs. Interesting. Um, and so you talked about how a big part of politics is engaging different perspectives. Um, and I think we were talking about how you saw that firsthand when you worked for the Calvin Ball campaign. So do you want to maybe go into that? Because that's another thing that I guess um, high schoolers can do um, in their local community to see if politics is like a good choice for them. Definitely. So um, I ran i joined the calvin ball campaign as a volunteer uh during my ninth grade summer so summer after ninth grade right. um i decided to get involved in a variety of activities um such as door knocking mm -hmm. uh which really helped me see voters <laughs> face to face uh, some of them agreed with me and some of them didn't did anyone um, get you <laughs> Not really, because uh, it comes to a point where uh, they're not really that comfortable with uh, really becoming aggressive at, um, a high school. you know, at just a high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I think door knocking really helped me uh, learn about people's issues because I wanted to create that conversation. And as a member of the campaign, I want uh, I wanted uh, Howard County residents to feel that um, they're a candidate on Democratic side really um, really was concerned about their uh, issues that they had. Um, in addition to that, I distributed literature outside of polling booths. Um, that was kind of scary because there were some Republican voters there too. I so um, I really, that when you go to the polls, you have more of that decision of who you're voting for already made. So, um, the distributing literature was more of just uh, allowing voters to see if you're voting Democrat, here are some candidates yeah. you should consider voting for. I see. Um, so another, like, mm -hmm. it, was it like about down ballot races or? It was about down ballot races, mm -hmm. yes. Um, it was not just for that literature, it was not just for county executive, but it was also mm -hmm. for the um, Howard County Democratic Party. 
I um, see. Okay, okay. And then also, I also did phone banking. So mm -hmm. I called a lot of people. Um, some of them did not have good responses. Um, and a lot of them we had, you know, either old no phone numbers or duplicates. So um, some of the people did not have good responses. But for the most part, I feel like phone banking, phone banking was useful because it was another way for us to uh, engage in dialogue with uh, voters. Hmm. Okay, and so is Heard County competitive, like a competitive county, like for the county executive position? Well, actually, the county executive was um, a Republican. I uh, see. And we actually um, beat the incumbent oh, uh, Republican, wow. uh, Mr. Alan Kittleman, in uh, Howard County. So it is a county where if you try to get that cross-party support, you you can't really rely on just one voting block. You have to really seek those other voters. I think Mr. Kittleman did that. Um, he had some very appealing um, elements to his yeah. you know political acumen. He was involved in the NAACP, so he was more of that uh, Republican moderate. Um, moderate Republican. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I think that same thing could be said about Maryland at itself because. Um, Larry Hogan is a Republican in a blue state. And I think because of some of his moderate uh, viewpoints, I think he really gets that cross-party support. Okay, so um, I'm not sure if you've given thought to this, like, um, but how do you think that um, political campaigns can maybe put out like a policy statement while still trying to keep a big tent? Do you think it has to be like a meek, moderate policy statement in order to attract voters from the other party? Mm, uh, definitely. Uh, I think that um, it should be somewhat moderate, but at the same time, if you're really trying to become bold and progressive, I think you can list the reasons that um, their policy would directly help you. For example, if you want to increase the minimum wage or um, you know, uh, negotiate a free trade, you could definitely bring that back to uh, adding, uh, you know, adding job creation to direct communities. Um, I know campaigns use that strategy when they're really targeting a certain certain states in the Midwest that mm -hmm. um, have been impacted by trade wars. Right. So I think that if you're going progressive, you definitely need to list out um, some of those real world implications of their policy. Um, I think if you go moderate, it's a safe approach, but I think it could definitely get um, more voters. Um, maybe if you saw in the um, vice presidential debate with fracking, um, I know when they were in the Democratic primary, um, Senator mm -hmm. Harris and Joe Biden weren't really into, uh, were actually, weren't really into fracking. They wanted to uh, ban, it. Uh, ban it, but in the, uh, when they became the nominee of the Democratic Party, they really had to change that position to get more voters. So now they're saying they don't want to ban fracking. <laughs> so yeah, that's interesting, yeah. Hmm. Okay, uh, so that's cool. So that was a good discussion about politics, I think. If we, for our last question, if we go to maybe a lighter note, um, talk about your interest in basketball. How does it help mm -hmm. you like to um, get away from maybe school and politics? Definitely. Um, so I'm really interested in basketball and um, I tried out in 10th grade uh, for the basketball team. Uh, mm -hmm. I did not make it, 
But um, my co- I think my coach saw something in me, whether it was, you know, communicating with teammates or just that encouragement factor. And uh, he um, uh, uh, gave me the opportunity of being manager. So I joined the team of manager. Oh, wow. And it, um, it really made me closer to the coach. And he's really a big mentor. Um, you know, just being that example and encouraging me. Mm-hmm. And I think a thing, a, a big note that I saw from participating in basketball program was um, that there's a certain sector of the school. It's kind of, uh, there's some sort of social segregation in school with, mm-hmm. if you're taking a majority of AP classes, you're really surrounded by the same people. And I yeah. think going out in the community and, you know, participating in the basketball program, I got to see a lot of different kids and really uh, form a lot of bonds. Um, I think one of those bonds was with um, another manager on the team who had a disability. And I got to learn more about his, uh, the struggles that he has in his life and how he um, really tries to work through them. Um, mm-hmm. I was, I planned to try out in 11th grade, which was last year, but um, I made a commitment to go to a leadership conference um, before the, um, tryout so I didn't want to go back on my commitment um, so I'm really waiting now to try out again in 12th grade um, I play every day still so ho- um, and I feel good so hopefully um, um, I can make something happen this season um, yeah. it depends on if sports come back um, right after and second semester right yep yeah well we'll see inshallah, <laughs> um, inshallah yep. uh, our last thing uh, what is the um, final piece of advice or like your only piece of advice that you would give to other high school students? Definitely. Okay. So the number one advice, um, you know, and now I'm a 12th grader, so I've really seen this is don't do, don't do activities just for your college applications. Do something that you're really passionate about and something you think you can make a difference in. Um, I think that that it's really important. And if you make a big impact, I think uh, it will really show um, your level of commitment and your desire to make change. Great. Thank you. Um, thanks again, Nehal, for joining us. Um, thank you for um, having me, Imran. Yep. Um, it's our pleasure, honestly. And um, we hope that, you know, uh, people can catch you on the Inspire platform and that you can answer questions there too. Inshallah. Inshallah. Thanks again. All right. Thank you. Care. Thank you for watching the You Mentor Talk Show. Um, join us next week, Saturday at 3 p.m. on YouTube Live for um, our next speaker, a conversation with Sarah Jaber, um, Sahar Jaber, excuse me, founder of Figs and Olives Publications. Um, she recently published her first book, which aims to educate and inspire young females about hijab. Um, and the book is called, But Why Is the Hijab So Special? She wants to empower the Muslim generation through literature and knowledge. That show will be hosted by Sister Fatima Al-Sayed on Saturday, um, October 17th at 3 p.m. on YouTube Live. Thanks, everyone, for watching.